You're listening to the Hometown Crowd Podcast, part of the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. On this week's episode of Hometown Crowd, we take a look at the first 40 bowl games in college football, particularly the college football playoff semifinals, and we'll break down the upcoming college football championship. In the NFL, we discuss a wild card weekend that lived up to the hype, preview this weekend's division playoffs, and talk about all the coaching changes that have happened. Get on your feet. You're cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyard of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dipple. What up, everybody? I'm Mac. And I'm Heather, not the 12th man in Seattle. Hi, Smith. Uh, Thank God. Gosh. (laughs) Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast everywhere you find your shows. If you're an Apple subscriber, we would love a five-star review. I know as of earlier today, we did not get a new any new mm-hmm. reviews. So we're at like 92 days or Ish. so Ish. Uh, since yeah. we've had a review. Um, but how are you guys doing this evening? It's been a while since we've had a regular episode. Yeah, I go back to school on Monday, so I'm really living it up this week. Uh, beer, shenanigans, you know, not even really good shenanigans, just like lazy shit. Like, I'm going to go out and get fucked up tonight. About two beers into it, I'm yeah. like, I'm, re- I'm really tired. I'm going to go home and watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Heather? Um, I'm great. I uh, had a really great um, New Year's um was looking at like trying to find a caterer for the wedding and had the absolute best tacos I have ever had in my entire life. And that is not an overstatement at all. Like, like even now, like I, I swallow hard just thinking about those tacos. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then I uh, just got back last night from uh, going to Washington state for a couple of days. So uh, hence, hence my 12th man reference, because that is literally everywhere yeah. out there yeah. and it is annoying as fuck. But like we were talking before, it's not even like it's all that original because Texas A&M did it first. Exactly. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But, uh, but no, it was a really, really good trip. Um, I've, I've never really been out that way. So, and it was gorgeous and, uh, rainy of course, but. Yeah, it's it's been a pretty awesome probably week or so. So, well, very cool. Well, it's been a month since we recorded an actual episode, not counting our two college football bowl playoff shows. Uh, so let's jump into it so we don't end up with twelve hours of showtime right now. Yeah, let's not do that. Uh, <laughs> Nobody wants to listen to us that long. <laughs> I don't even want to listen to us that long, and I know DB doesn't when he's editing. Exactly. Uh, at Neither does number of... one fan. Neither does number one fan. So we, we might lose our number one fan. We might. Uh, <laughs> we might. At the top of the list, we've played 40 of the 41 scheduled bowl games so far with only the championship left. Our Pick'em League is down to only two competitors for the top spot. Mac, you're at the top of the standings tied with Misty at 27 and 13. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, I wrote a bad string of bad picks. Um, I missed seven of the last eight and eight of the last ten. Oh, uh, nothing warmed my heart quite like watching all your red check marks just star. You know, 
<laughs> oh, and and I do need to come clean because I know on the show that I had picked K State uh, to to win, and I went into my pick 'em and look, nope, I picked Navy. So um, <laughs> so I'm I'm going to call myself out. I uh, was a little disingenuous there. Oh, I did the same thing. Trust me, I did the same thing on the uh, the second bonus episode. So as I'm long as pretty you... sure, I'm pretty sure there's a few more that I did that on. So, <laughs> well, I'm the one with integrity, and I went with all of it because I made my picks before we made the show, uh, and I, I I announced my picks on the show. So you know what's um, funny is that I did that too. That's exactly what I did, and I still fucked it up. So yeah. <laughs> Heather can't win. Um, well, real quick, I'm tied for last with number one fan James. Um, oh, well, you know that's good company to be in, right? I you mean, know. Heather can't win, but it looks like she'll probably finish third. She's currently she has 25 picks correct hey, out of the I 40. I had that. I had that number one spot on lock for most of it, for like 95 percent of it. I had that well, number one spot. Until we hit until we hit New Year's Day, really, it was yeah. the three of us and James at the top. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really made my money picking all the bowl games from New Year's to the sixth. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but, but you looking... know what though? But I do have to say to to give James his credit, he's not a football guy. He he's he just has never never has been, and I I thought that he really did a good job. Um, of making his picks, of you know, it being kind of his first time doing it or whatever. He made some really solid picks, so I definitely Absolutely. think that should be commended. Oh, no, I give number one fan all the credit in the world because, uh, I mean, if you're not really into football and you listen to us sit here and flap our gums for at least an hour and a half every episode, sometimes longer, mm-hmm. um, and he does it just to support, I mean, it, he, why he does it is because of you, Heather, but I, we're going to take a little bit of this like he likes us too. Mm, so. He does. You know, does. so, I mean, I, I appreciate number one fan, uh, James, this beer is for you, friend. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you for participating in our train wreck. That was a pick. <laughs> <laughs> so looking back on bowl season, what has surprised you guys the most? Um, honestly, how Auburn shit the bed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, there were a lot of teams that we expected to do really well and just, didn't yeah auburn utah those were two of them um i think you could probably look at how kind of pedestrian like the big 10 was overall in bowl season like they didn't come out and um and own it like you thought they you know like what what you would expect you know um yeah we're what like the big 10's what four and five this year or something like that something Something like real real 500 ish um and all that really matters is the Mac, I think, represented well. They didn't win as many games, but, um, you know, Frank Solich continued to tack on to his all-time wins in the Mac, uh, you know, ranking. And honestly, at this point, I, I just, I, I think we, we, we got what we were, what we thought. You know, we had some good games over the blowouts that we expected. Uh, a lot of empty seats in the smaller bowls. Um and we got, uh, you know, at least one of the semifinals game was competitive. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, first, we had LSU, Oklahoma. LSU came out and just dominated that game. Yeah, they did. 
Um, Joe Burrow had, what was it, seven touchdowns at halftime? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I expected this to be a blowout, but this was a little bit more than I expected even. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see why. Uh, Oklahoma is a Big 12 team that has a Big 12 defense going up against a big boy offense. Um, you know, I I didn't see seven touchdowns at halftime, but I did see seven touchdowns overall. Yeah. Because uh, LSU's offense is just like it's a machine, and they're able to impose their will, uh, you know, so far on any defense they've played. So, um, yeah. 63 points, and I mean, that's really only because they really let off the gas at halftime. Yeah, and I don't why I don't understand why Orgeron didn't just keep fucking going. I mean, even no, no I mean, because, then, he because then it becomes a sportsmanship thing. Like no, no, Heather, that's bullshit. I don't want to hear that sports. How dare you? No, no, no. Sports sportsmanship goes out the window in the playoffs. I know it goes out the window all the fucking time. Like it's not my job well, to make you look good. It's well, how about you coach and actually do your fucking job and earn the bajillion dollars that they're paying you to suck their Lincoln Riley, okay? And and you stop the <laughs> offense. Stop the offense. That's what you get paid to do. You well, know, it's not my job to, to oh, well, I, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Uh, no, fuck you, dude. Hang 80. <laughs> Hang 80 on those bitches. And then fucking Joe Burrow on his way out just drops trowel and gives him, like, the fucking press Again. Peach ball. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just... Fuck them. I mean, oh my god, I hate hearing that shit. Well, it's a sportsmanship issue. How dare you? Suck First my... of all, calm down. <laughs> calm down. Sorry. No. I mean, I'm Dude, with, I I'm with say, Mac. Especially in the say, playoffs, you go all out. Just uh, fucking wreck them. No. No. I will I will disagree. Um, because we made our point in the first half. That, and that's... You, and you continue to make that point. No. Listen, For the second half. Once dominance is asserted, you continue to assert it. Dude, I, what I will say, though, about that game, and um, I went over to a, uh, a former neighbor of mine uh, who built a house way the fuck out in, like, bun level or whatever to go, and uh, a buddy of ours was out there that's a big Oklahoma fan. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've been waiting for this. And um, But really, honestly, like, Oklahoma walked out to start that game like they had already lost it. That was well, their attitude the entire game. Yeah. I mean, nobody was giving them any sort of chance in that one. No. They shouldn't have. <laughs> no, I mean, they really didn't. They really didn't. But, I mean, at least, like, do something. Because even, like, Jalen looked rattled the whole game. Well, yeah, you're playing against probably the biggest a, and a fastest team. team in college football. Yeah, you know, I mean, but he did. He looked rattled, like he could not. You could, you could see it on his face, like well, yeah, like he knew what he was supposed to do, but it just was not. The dots were not connecting. Well, yeah, it's kind of hard to connect things when you are one step into a five step drop and your pockets already collapsed, and somebody's like jamming their fist in your ass to use you like a puppet, you know. And that, that's exactly <laughs> what LSU did, yeah. you know. So. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to take any way, anything away from Jalen Hurts. I, I'm not. Uh, you know, he's had a great collegiate career, but this dude, at most, is going to be a, you know, a backup in the NFL. Um, I don't think he's got the physical tools that Kyler Murray has. Um, nope. You know, but I mean, he could have a good career, and, and you know, even Canada or, 
you know, the XFL or, or just carry that, carry that, uh, you know, that clipboard. And when they need you a couple games a year in the, you know, in the NFL, come on out, you know, but I mean, you know, he didn't even throw a touchdown in that game. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was 15 of 31 with zero touchdowns and an interception. He ran for two, but he did not throw a single touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I'm not. Um, but also, uh, like I was telling y'all um, at the beginning of this, so in that game in the first half, uh, to one, of, uh, I was listening to uh, the um, the uh, Hey Fighting podcast, which is basically the official LSU football podcast, and they what they were saying, electronics. Do what? I said they know how to work electronics. Shut up. <laughs> um, I just picture everybody in Louisiana having a flip phone. Also, is it a podcast that we could understand if we listened to? Yes, it is, actually. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But no, they were saying that they were handed a sheet at like halftime up in the press box of all of the records that had been broken just in that first half. Yeah. And I think it came out to be 25 total Peach Bowl. SEC and other records that mm. were broken um, in that game. Yeah, I guess um, I guess LSU's okay. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Joe Burrow was responsible for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine records that he broke. And now he gets to go flounder in Cincinnati. Probably. Poor Even guy. Justin Jefferson broke six records. It was so much fun watching him just count his touchdowns um, in the first half. I do, that. I do that for everything now. Everything. <laughs> Anything that involves the number four, I just count them. One, two, three, four. And so, <laughs> yeah. Like, he was playing like he was apologizing for Every other game his older brother ever played. Well, I mean, he, it, LSU. Which, which for those who are not in the know, his older brother is Jordan Jefferson, who is the much hated and just uh, LSU quarterback. Well, I mean, what are you going to do, man? Uh, LSU, I mean, there's a reason oh. they they went into the you know the playoff as a one seed and. Uh, you know, that's a dominant ball club right now. Mm-hmm. Well, looking at the other game, Clemson emerged victorious against Ohio State. It was was a much closer game. Um, Ohio State came out swinging but failed to convert opportunities into meaningful points. I know a lot of Buckeyes fans are blaming the refs, but and there were some questionable calls. But really, the game boiled down to Ohio State getting 16 points to start the game when they should have had about 27 yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Clemson's not the team you settle for field goals against. No, uh, no. You know, and then you, you've got Trevor Lawrence and Etienne, who maybe he didn't exactly pound the ball on the ground, but dude, he as a receiver, he just gashed Ohio State. And um, I mean, Clemson. There's a reason Clemson's played in what fucking the last five national title games or whatever. You know, I mean, that's it's an, a, an insanely talented team. Um, I I didn't like the how it ended, but I mean I, you got to tip your hat off to Clemson, who uh, you know held Ohio State to field goals when they needed to, 
um, and really buttoned up on the against the run and you know in the second half. So, and that's that Ohio State offense hinges everything hinges off the run, you know. And when you can, when you can't run the ball, you know. Yeah. So so much of that game, to use uh, my buddy Josh's words, felt like a blowout that just hadn't happened yet until that targeting call happened and kind of changed momentum. Um, I mean, Ohio State was just dominant. Trevor Lawrence was not getting anything. ETN was not getting anything. And Ohio, I mean, it, it looked like it could have been as big of a blowout as LSU Oklahoma. Ohio State just couldn't convert. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would have been like that because Clemson's got one of the most talented defenses in in the country. Um, we were execute, you know, Ohio State was executing very well. But, like, you can't settle for field goals. You cannot do that. Um, you do that against Clemson at your own risk because Lawrence will eventually warm up. He had a really shitty first five games of the season, but mm-hmm. has done nothing but just blow people out of the water since then. So, like, you give him an opportunity to, to have a good day. And, and Lawrence did have a good day. Uh, yeah. You know, well, so and weren't you guys saying, too, like, in our, in our, like, chat, in our group text or whatever, about how, like, just – Ohio State just didn't have the tempo. Like, their tempo yeah. dropped off. Yeah, yeah they lost it. A, a lot changed with the targeting call. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio State had the momentum in that game up until that exact moment because they got the stop there. Um, it was third and short. They got the sack. It was going to be a punt situation. And that targeting, and then a pass interference and now Clemson's on the board like yeah. that was our sh- our chance to shut the door and there would not have been coming back from that mm-hmm. yeah I mean it's just there there were shit calls but when you get down to it Ohio State took their foot off the gas yep. um you know they and they they played the rest of the game to like not to lose they weren't playing to win they were playing not to lose and uh you know you don't play against Clemson like that you cannot play against Clemson like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Clemson, nope. you know, Clemson's hands down is one of the, the best coached and most talented teams in the country. And you give them an inch, they will take a mile. And that's exactly what they did. And yeah. And they, I mean, I mean, they're, they're making me eat crow for sure. Because yeah. what I've said all season that I'm not, I am not, you know, that I haven't been impressed with them or whatever. And for me, like, they really made it like you guys were the team to make a statement against and they fucking did. Yeah. And I was, and trust me, there was nobody more surprised about it than me because like I said, I just didn't see it. I just didn't see them being at that level. And so they totally proved me wrong, you know, and I'll be the first one to admit that, Hey, you know, I fucked up on that. But, yeah. I mean, that's the thing though. Like this was, this game could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way Ohio State played in that first, you know, first quarter and the and that first half of the second quarter, you know, it's just like it. it I mean, they they were off to the races and they were winning every battle, and then just yeah, because I mean, even like I said, I went to bed at halftime because I celebrated pretty hard about LSU, but <laughs> um, As but like, but even like. Watching it though, like I was just like, this isn't the Ohio State that I've seen all season. Yeah, like this is not this is not the same team. No, I said, not- I did, and I remember saying like something is off, something is just not dialed in right here. Yeah, I mean, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. 
before we like head into other topics like this you know we we Ohio State got to the playoff but this was a wasted team um mm-hmm. honestly talent wise this is probably the best group of receivers we had uh the best you know running back tandem we had playing behind a one of the best offensive lines we've had uh you know with a, with this phenom freshman like this this was a wasted eff- this was a wasted opportunity yeah i mean this really felt like our opportunity to really take it. I mean, I don't know how we would have stood up against LSU, but we had three of the top six or seven vote getters for the Heisman on that field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that I, I commend Ryan day, uh, you know, uh, and, and that team, but like this, this was a wasted opportunity. Um, and, and, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what LSU does against Clemson uh, in a championship game. 29-23 was the final, but let's look ahead at the only remaining game left in the college football season. The college football playoff championship comes down to a battle of the Tigers as number one LSU takes on number three Clemson. This game would have been a lot more fun for us if it had been Ohio State, but let's break it down. Mac, let's start with you. What does Clemson have to do in order to win? Well, Clemson has to play the defense they played in the second half against Ohio State, you know, limit uh, explosive plays downfield, kind of bottle up the run. Um, And even then, that's still an iffy proposition just because Joe Burrow has the ability uh, to move the ball uh, by himself on his feet. Um, I'm not sure if, you know, Alaire Edwards is going to be 100%. Um, but LSU has got a good stable of running backs <laughs> to kind of maybe not replicate his production, but at least try and, and get something going on the ground because, you know, that, that's an extremely talented team. But um, if Clemson can do that, if they can manage the big plays, uh, Trevor Lawrence and Etienne and those wideouts on Clemson will definitely, uh, you know, they, they can put pressure on LSU's defense. Um, you know, Dabo Swinney, like him or hate him. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the guy, but he can go fuck himself. Uh, that's just my <laughs> feel right now. Um, you know, he, he always brings a team that's prepared to play. Uh, and I, I don't think anybody can argue that point. Uh, you know, he, he's turned Clemson in from an after, you know, an afterthought, a, a team that won seven, eight games a year into literally uh, the college football powerhouse to kind of balance out uh, Alabama. Um but I mean, they have to play. They, they honestly, they have to open up. Clemson has to open up against LSU the exact opposite way they opened up against Ohio State. Yeah, LSU is so insanely talented uh, that if you allow them, you know, they're not going to do what Ohio State did, which is settle for field goals. They're going to put the oh, ball. No. They're going to put the ball in the end zone. Um, so if they can play the whole game the way they played it against Ohio State in the second half that gives them an opportunity to be competitive and beat LSU. Um, but, and I, I will cede the floor to Heather on mm. this one. Um, you know, that it just Burrow is the X factor. Like the guy can carry a team all by himself. Heather, and, what, what holes can LSU exploit on Clemson to dominate this game? Um, I think what's going to really help LSU um, with this uh, with with Clemson is the return of Divinity. Divinity will be back for the game. Um, he's been out the last six games. Uh, 
at first he cited personal reasons, but I think it's been hinted at eligibility reasons for why he hasn't been playing. Mm. Um, and so I do think that that's going to be um, a big boost. Another big boost is that Delpit is back at full strength now. Uh, the safety after he's been dealing with a bunch of injuries um, over the regular season. Um, and so I think that um, with the return of that, I think that's really going to boost the defense and helping to contain Trevor Lawrence. Um, because right now I do feel like um, Dave Aranda is pushing the right buttons at the right time defensively right now. Um, the defense was a little slow on the uptake in the beginning of the season, but right now, like they've really gotten their momentum behind them now. And so I do think that that's going to play a big role in this game, um, especially with getting divinity back and Delpit being healthy. Um, so I do, I, I think that that's, what's going to help a lot um, in that. Um, another thing um, that, I think it's going to be helpful is the wide receiver core for LSU is going to test Clemson secondary. Um, Clemson ranks first nationally in pass efficiency defense, but the combination of Burrow and LSU, um, the LSU receiving core will be the toughest matchup Davos faced all year. So LSU has, uh, two of the nation's top receivers and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson uh, with Terrence Marshall with Terrace Marshall and Thaddeus Moss being heavily involved too. Um, you have Chase that won the is it the Bolitnikov? Yeah, the, does that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he won it. He won that this year. He has 75 receptions for 1,500 yards. Well, actually, 1,560 yards and 18 scores. Jefferson isn't too far behind him with 1434 and has matched him with 18 touchdown grabs um, for the season. So uh, with Burroughs accuracy um, to be able to fit the ball into tight windows, I think that that's going to be a, a really big thing uh, for the Tigers in that. Um, another big thing, obviously that's going to help is a very healthy Clyde Edwards Hilaire will be, um, will be Do we playing. know what his status is? Uh, he's he's expected to be at near full strength. Okay. So obviously that's going to be another massive weapon to the LSU offense. Um, and then like Max said, number one thing is Joe Burrow, and so yeah, I mean Burrow. Burrow has shown this year that when when LSU is not exactly rolling on offense, he will he will make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you, if you look at Trevor Lawrence, the dude's a sophomore, and he's done nothing but playing big games. So I mean, that that's gonna. Yeah, and I don't want to take anything away yeah. from Trevor Lawrence either, because I mean, like what he's been able to do for as young as he is is massively impressive. Oh yeah, Th- that dude just goes out and wins. Yeah. And it- if when you get down to it, uh, you know, if you look at the, the the playoff teams this year, your top three like wide receiver positional rankings, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, you yeah. know, <laughs> easily like the three best groups of wideouts were in the playoff. Because um, I mean, Clemson they they recruit 
you know, big, strong, fast wideouts the way LSU mm-hmm. does. Um, yeah. And the thing is, Lawrence is, you know, Lawrence and, and before that, Deshaun Watson, you know, they were able to get those wide receivers the ball where this is probably the first LSU quarterback in forever uh, that's been able to actually throw a good ball to these yeah, actually, LSU yeah. wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, I think it'll be a good game. Um, I, I, like, I don't, I picked I don't see it being like a blowout but, like it was in the Peach Bowl at all. No. I think it's I think it's going to be very close. Yeah, I could see this like being one of those like 28-24 like nail biters, you know. Yeah. Uh, because they're just both teams are just so well coached. They're so uh, insanely dialed in right now and they're so amazingly talented. Like there's not no team really has an edge on the other team mm-hmm. whatsoever. Like these are very evenly matched squads. Yeah, and I'll leave it. And I mean, I'll say that too. Like, as a diehard LSU fan, like, if there is anybody that I would want to play in a game like this, where I felt like, yeah, you know, like this is definitely our equal, and which kills me to say because you know, like I said, I've been railing against them all season. Is is Clemson? Like, yeah, like they've definitely proved it for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a reason, but these are the last two standing. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, let's get to our picks for this one. Uh, I've got LSU. I, I, I think that that Oklahoma game really showed me something. The Alabama game has shown me something. I don't really count the Georgia SEC championship because we all knew Georgia wasn't. Jake Fromm can't win the big game. Um, Strangely enough, Jake Fromm just announced uh, that he's going that in the he's draft. Going into the draft, and I'm just yeah. like, oh. You should have went back to school, man. Yeah. <laughs> wait, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. You mean the military draft, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh, but so I've got LSU. Heather, do I even need to ask? No, because that'd be the dumbest question you've asked in a long time. <laughs> right. Mac, who do you got? I mean, I think it's LSU. Um, just uh, the entire body of work. Um, they've been consistent from start to finish where – Kind of took Clemson a little while to get warmed up. Excuse me. Um, and I, 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 they're both just like I said, man. They're they're equal teams, but I just think right now, uh, the way Joe Burrow's played all season is kind of like the, it's it's what's kind of pushing me into the the LSU, you know, into LSU's camp. So, um, and I might I might still just be a little bit salty that they beat the Buckeyes. For the record right now, Yahoo Sports has the spread at five and a half for LSU. Well, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm with Heather on this one. I don't think this is going to be a blowout game. I think this is one of going to be one of those slugfests with two high-scoring offenses that typically drop 48, 49, 50 points a week on teams being held, you know, 28, 26, 27 points and winning by four. Um, you know, this is, this is going to be a good game, I think. All right, so we all took LSU. Uh, let's turn to the NFL. The season has good ended. Good boys. You're such good boys. <laughs> the NFL season ended while we were on our break, and Wild Card Weekend has definitely lived up to the hype. There were some crazy games this week. Uh, two of the biggest quarterbacks in the sport were eliminated at home, and they both happened to be your guys' quarterbacks. Fuck you. <laughs> why do you even need to talk about we don't need to talk about this uh, well we're, we're going to uh, let's start with Mac in New England where Brady and Belichick were sent packing on a 200 yard day by Tennessee running back Derrick Henry what happened Mac Derrick Henry 
Uh, he's 6'4", 250, runs a 4'5", 40. Um, and after the first quarter, you could tell the New England defense did not appreciate actually having to tackle him because um, Tannenhill only completed like 50% of his passes for 72 yards. Uh, he was complete non-factor. Um, but, I mean, Tennessee, I give a lot of credit to Vrabel and that offensive staff. Um, you know, you knew what Tennessee was going to do coming in this game. You're going to get a heavy dose of Derrick Henry and then a smaller dose of Derrick Henry and then some more Derrick Henry. Uh, Ryan Tannenhill will throw a seven-yard slant or like an eight-yard out to the tight end, and then you're going to get some more Derrick Henry. Like, <laughs> that's just, that's the offense. And it was uh, working because that's the one weakness you said New England has yeah. all year is a rushing defense. Yeah. Uh, they, They've got shut down secondary. Their passing defense is phenomenal, but yeah, I running mean, defense. Especially with a guy Henry size who just gets better as the game goes on. Like the, there's nothing else you could say about that. He gets stronger the more carries he gets. Um, and I guess when you're six four two fifty and run a four five forty and you have people like bouncing off you the entire game, like yeah, I don't want to fucking deal with Derrick Henry. Um, but I mean, it was it was a great game plan. And then you know New England had the offensive issues they've had all season long. Um, and it really goes to show that there wasn't a lot of planning. You could tell, like Gronk made it known even before the end of last season, he wasn't coming back. Mm. Everybody know? seemed to think he was, though, despite yeah. that. No, I mean he he came out, you know, and said, "This is it. This is, you know, I'm, my body's busted up. I don't want to do this shit anymore." Um, and and the Patriots didn't plan. They did not plan, uh, and did not go out and look for a tight end that could. I mean, you're not going to get the same output that Gronk puts up, but you could have gotten something. We had the worst, like literally New England of all teams had the worst uh, positional output for tight ends this year. No team was worse than New England Patriots. Um, you know, Sony Michelle did not run well. Uh, it didn't help that uh, Karras had to slide over, over to center after Dave Andrews had to sit out all season long uh, because he had blood clots in his lungs. You know, and then... Nikhil Harry doesn't play until week 14 or 15. Uh, and you can tell he and Brady weren't on the same page. So what do defenses do? They double cover Edelman in the slot. And then you have guys like Philip Dorsett. Um, I, I was pleasantly surprised with Jacoby Myers, uh, you know, undrafted uh, free agent out of NC State. But, like, dude, you know Brady's going into the twilight of his career. Mm-hmm. spend some fucking money. Yeah. Well, let me ask you about something. We were texting during the game. Um, three minutes and 20 seconds left in the game. Did it feel to you like Belichick quit? I mean, Belichick doesn't quit. Uh, I just... It, that offense was doing nothing all game. Uh, and it, I think what really killed me is in the first half, New England was running the ball well, which forced... Uh, Tennessee to, to fit more people in the box and it opened up. I mean, Ben Watson played a hell of a game, you know? Um, but then we, you know, New England suddenly just stopped running the fucking ball yeah. after, after Sonny Michelle was averaging five yards a carry, you know, like why, but, why fucking do that? And, and when the offense is not doing anything, it doesn't matter if you're getting the ball back. Uh, I'm never going to say Bill Belichick quit. Cause there's, there's no quit in that dude in, but I'm specifically talking about that decision to punt no, on fourth down. No, I mean, 
your offense isn't working. You know, nothing you were doing on offense is working. I mean, why not? I hope the defense gets a stop and you can get better field position. Um, and then, you know, it doesn't help when you fucking throw a pick six on the last play of the game. <laughs> yeah. Which is but, enough to guarantee that Brady at least won't retire this year. Because uh, no, there's I mean, no way he's letting his career go out on a pick six. Uh, yeah, well, it's perfect symmetry. Six Super Bowl rings. <laughs> we'll talk about Brady here a little bit more in a in a minute, but let's go down to New Orleans where uh, Drew no, Brees, the Saints, and Heather were upset by the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> in overtime. Don't. Uh, we don't need to go down there. We don't. <laughs> many Saints fans are once again upset with the refs for ignoring the offensive pass interference in the end zone to end the game. Heather, what what's your take on this one? I don't even know where to start. There was quite a few. Um, that one, I don't know. I guess the, um, I guess the refs or whatever, like, a, like higher up the the ref totem pole or whatever. Like they they looked at multiple multiple angles um, of of everything that happened or whatever, but they were saying that, you know, that there were multiple points of contact, so it didn't necessarily warrant a foul. Mm. And so, which I mean, sucks because, you know, obviously you want the game to go the way, you know, that you want it to go or whatever. And, um, and it definitely kind of felt like, Oh, once again, you know, we're being denied on something that is blatantly obvious to everyone that's not us <laughs> or that's not obvious to everyone that's not us um but i mean like i mean at the end of the day obviously the saints uh the saints the uh the vikings play better and that sounds like vinegar coming out of my mouth but um unfortunately that's how, that's that's what it was um there were several missed chances um, you have, uh, the Breeze's 20 yard pass to Michael Thomas in the, in the final seconds of the first half gave New Orleans a chance, mm -hmm. but Lutz's field goal went wide, right? Yep. And that was something that I was, I was in Washington, um, over the game, so I didn't get to see it, but I can tell you, Will Lutz missing anything is just an absolute devastation for New Orleans because he has come in clutch for us so many times this season. Like, if there is a man who has earned his paycheck, it's Will Lutz. Um, and so um, that was definitely something that kind of, I feel like, may have put a little bit of a cloud over um over it um i like i said i don't know it just is what it is wasn't our year again <laughs> at least we're not going back to the paper bag you know era well that's uh, i'll be thing. fine with that that's the thing we don't know that yet though because like i remember the pats consistently never won more than four games i remember those years mm -hmm. um <laughs> and i know that there's been this you know great string of success um and it's only a matter of time before it ends and i know I'm, i know and I'm, and I'm stuck dealing with those three and the rest of the nfl is waiting for that day 
Yeah, well, if you well, guys... Well, everybody is. I think they were waiting for it in baseball, too, so... Uh... <laughs> well, but here's the thing, like, <laughs> this is kind of the funny thing about Louisiana, is like, you know, if, if LSU's having a shit year, you know, you can always be like, oh, there's always the Saints, or, you know... Oh, if the Saints are having a shit year, oh, there's always LSU. So I still have LSU, okay? And I'm not going to let you two assholes take that away from me. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I'm a, I'm a lot of things. I'm not going to shit rain on your fucking parade, Heather, because... Yeah. Listen, you know, I need something, okay? I need something right now. I don't want to hear it. I'm a Cavs fan, and we suck again, so... Yeah. Well, That's why I don't watch basketball, so... <laughs> elsewhere in... Wildcard weekend, Seattle down the Eagles and the Bills fell to Texans. Buffalo, Houston, that's the only game I didn't watch this weekend. Uh, anything else stand out to you guys? Deshaun Watson's a fucking beast. Uh, he, yeah, he that one play. No, he, he willed Houston to win. Houston yeah. had no fucking business winning that game. Um, and he, he, did, he just carried that team. Um, and he's, fuck, he is something to watch. Every, any... <laughs> Any team that passed on drafting him made a fucking horrible mistake. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Not to name names or anything. Not at all. Hey, uh, uh, hey, hey uh, Chicago GM, enjoy your fucking Mitchell Trubisky, okay? Oh, haven't you heard uh, Tom Brady's going to Chicago? No, he's fucking not. <laughs> well, let's talk about that for a minute because everybody else is. Let's touch on it briefly. Is Tom Brady going anywhere, honestly? No. no. Uh, I think he's kind of cut from the same mold as Derek Jeter, where it was important for Jeter to play for one franchise his entire career. Mm. Now, Brady's made it known he's not taking the home count discount again. Right. He, he's going to get paid. And, uh, I mean, we know how Belichick is quick to pull the trigger on getting rid of these uh, more veteran players. But, I mean, Robert Kraft talked about Tom Brady as his blood family. So when the owner, you know, the guy that technically is your boss is saying, yeah, uh, you know, Kraft made the promise. I'm going to let Tom go out and test free agency. We're going to see what he's worth. And I would like to see the fucking other owner that's going to try and outbid Robert Kraft, who arguably is the most powerful owner in the NFL uh for tom brady like i want to see that guy because that that is that is some big dick energy right there <laughs> so know? i actually have a thought on that if if tom goes anywhere and i i looked it up i think this team's got the cap space that they could afford him all right i think i have the solution for tom brady and that's tennessee no what uh, listen 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 You've got you've got Derrick Henry in the backfield, so you're taking pressure off of Tom Brady. You have the cap space, you have the QB need because Tannehill's not going to get you no. there. Yeah, Mariota's done, yeah. and you have a buddy as the head coach because Vrabel and Brady played together for years. Yeah, I, I feel like at least statistically, it could be a fit. I mean, the, Tennessee's got everything in place to be a great team minus a quarterback, but you're not right. going to, but you're not going to do that. You're not going to Tennessee's not in a win now window. They're not, um, you know, go out, find your quarterback, draft him, build him, ride it out. Um, you know, they, like they did with Mariota, they swung and missed on that one because that was honestly, 
when you go through, I think he had what 48 offensive coordinators in his five years in Tennessee uh, before, <laughs> before Vrabel got there. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't think he's going to leave. Honestly, I just don't see it happening. And honestly, I don't see Tennessee's never been that team to really go out um, and spend the big, the big dollars uh, on a free agent. Um, Cause Brady's going to command, like he's going to be a 30, $35 million a year. And he's not going to take deferred money. Like it's going to have to be X amount guaranteed as a signing bonus with the rest covered in regular salary. Um, so it, it's, it's not going to be one of those friendly deals. Like he wants to get paid cause he knows this will probably be his last contract. Um, and, and, you know, I just, I don't know, like that would be a good fit. It would, it's just as a young up and coming team like Tennessee is, it still has other holes to fill, uh, because they're, they're not, they're not, they're good. They're not, uh, prepped to be one of the, you know, last four teams in the NFL good yet. They still have a lot of work to do building depth. Um, and, uh, you know, doing what they're supposed to, uh, you know, to, to, to build the depth and get the playmakers that they're going to need if, if you're going to try and knock off the, you know, um, the Kansas Cities and the Houstons and the New Englands consistently, which is something that, um, you know, doesn't happen often. So, <laughs> um, you know, but I mean, it's, would you care to guess who that is that I just sent? That's that Tom, picture that he's living, laughing that, at. That's Tom Brady, isn't it? It is. Yeah. See. His prom photo. I'm sorry. I, I just needed to remind you who you're talking about. I know my man. Okay. okay. I know my man. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean it, it would. I mean, when you when you look at it from a, a knee perspective, sure. But like as a fit, sure, Brady in Tennessee works. Um, but as a as a matter of being smart and doing your due diligence as a franchise, no. Um, I just don't think Tennessee needs to worry about winning right this second. Because uh, when you get down to it, do you know who's got to get paid next year is Derrick Henry. He's a free mm-hmm. agent after this season. So uh, he's going to get Zeke money. He's going to get Todd Shirley money. Um, That's fair. Why would you tie your you know two or three years of 30 to $35 million into – uh, a quarterback that, I mean, we see what happens to some of these, you know, look at what happened to Peyton, you know, like he had like 5,200 yards and then his arm just fell off a fucking cliff where he couldn't throw the ball seven yards, you know? So, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a matter of being smart with your money. And I think the Tennessee ownership, the front office, Frable, they're, they're smarter than that. Yeah. Uh, but definitely, man, Henry's going to get paid. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just thought it was like an, an interesting one that nobody was talking about, but it could theoretically work. No, there's been there's been a couple like writers that said Tennessee, like you said about Chicago. Um, I hear Chicago, Miami, and uh, Los Angeles is the it, biggest one. Yeah, because like, are you really <laughs> like the Chargers are going to go from Philip Rivers to Brady? I don't know, man. Um I think I think this this off season is going to be kind of crazy because uh, Heather, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Breeze a free agent after this year uh, as well? Potentially, but I don't think so. He's made it known that he he wants to retire a Saint. Yeah, but you also like he hasn't been the guy that's taken a hometown discount quite yet. Like they've done some like really was the accounting juggle to make sure that he gets paid and they yeah. have the room, you know? Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'll I'll do the full nerd after the Super Bowl, 
uh, in between the Super Bowl and the XFL kickoff and, and, and get into people's salary cap because uh, I am a fucking nerd. But um, yeah, that that was definitely your specialty in the beginning was talking salary caps. and Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's I, I think this offseason is going to be really interesting because that old guard of like Rivers, Brady, Breeze are all going to be free agents. Um, and it, and as, as much as like the fans in us, like in, especially me and he- Heather and I, uh, we want to see them stay and we want to see them continue to rock their, you know, BRQBs. I mean, they're... they're <laughs> Everybody's going to do what's best for them, yeah, not what exactly. the fans yeah. need or want. So, I, mean, it, I think this season is going to be kind of weird, this offseason. So. Yeah. Uh, but Derrick Henry, make that money, bro. Make that money. Well, let's look ahead at the divisional round coming up this weekend, starting with the Vikings at the 49ers. San Francisco's a seven-point favorite in this one, um, which seems like a lot. But, Mac, what do you what do you like here? I mean, I'm kind of surprised by that, honestly. I think Minnesota has really um, kind of, I don't know, I, I feel like Kirk Cousins and, and, and the Vikings have kind of played their way. In, they, well, they should have played their way into having a little more respect than they're getting. Um, if anything... I could see them being seven and a half favorites, uh, you know, um, only because if if uh, San Fran's defense can stop Dalvin Cook, that is going to be really important um, because if they stop Cook, like that is literally the linchpin to the Vikings offense and you're putting it all on Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and I, I think, uh, you know, we've we've all learned that that's he's played a lot better. I think uh, you and I can agree on that, Tim. He's played a lot better this season. Oh, yeah. I didn't think he's yeah. a playoff quarterback or anybody who could win a playoff game. Well, I mean, uh, I, w- I wouldn't go that far, but I think he's gotten really comfortable with Thielen. And now Stephon Diggs. Um, and you still got Kyle Rudolph there, who maybe he isn't the, the yardage machine he was, you know, five years ago. But he's still a steady presence in the middle of the field. Yeah, he was putting in work last week. Oh, dude, yeah. Still an outstanding tight end. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I really like what how San Francisco's managed to, like, kind of find these hidden gems at running back, uh, like Mostert. I love that dude. Uh, <laughs> I, he just kind of came out of nowhere um, and has been just a really solid back for the Niners. Garoppolo's playing well. Um, I'll tell you right now, the coup of the trade deadline was probably Emmanuel Sanders to San Francisco mm. uh, to, to give Garoppolo a deep threat. And then San Francisco still has, you know, a, a banging uh, defense. So, I mean, if Kirk, okay, let's put it this way. If Cousins is playing the way he has been, this could be a game. If Cousins goes the way that we typically think about him, this will be a fucking blowout. Yeah. <laughs> so know? what's going to happen? I mean, I, I think this is San Fran's uh, game. I, I just think they're, they're, they're going to be too much to handle on defense. And Kyle Shanahan, like, people gave him so much shit because his first job was with his dad, right? Um, and, and it was this whole nepotism thing. But he has shown that this dude, uh, you know, and I give Kyle Shanahan a lot of credit for this. He doesn't have a system. He builds a system around the players he has at the time. You know, um, and, and that's the smart way to go about it. Uh, I mean, the fucking Browns should have been over backwards to, <laughs> to have kept him in Cleveland. But uh, I, I like the Niners in this one. Heather? 
Um, basically everything he just said, because fuck the Vikings right now. I'm just very anti-Viking anything right now. Um, so yeah, everything he said, go Niners. Yeah, I've got the Niners in this one too. I don't think that, um, Minnesota's luck is that good that they could pull off two upsets in a row. Mm-mm. Um, However, if they do win this, they are now my Super Bowl favorites because at what point does your luck run out? But I got the Niners in this one. Uh, the other Saturday night game, or the other Saturday game, Tennessee matches up against the Ravens in Baltimore. The Ravens enter the playoffs as the number one seed in the AFC with Lamar Jackson continuing to play at a high level. Uh, and they're an eight and a half point favorite against the Titans. Mm-hmm. Heather, take your first stab. Um, I will not even lie. This is a game I really don't give two shits about at all. So um, I'm just just going to go off the top of my head and I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to pick the Ravens on this one, but literally only because there is this Ravens fan on the bus to the rental cars from um, at SeaTac Airport when we landed and this dude was getting roasted by the, of course, Seattle 12th man that was driving. Um, and so, you know what? I'm going to throw this guy a bone, and I'm going to go for the Ravens for, for that dude. So. All right. Mac? I mean, Baltimore's got a, it's got a stout defense, but, I mean, if Tennessee can get any kind of production out of Tannenhill, like anything, um, you know, anything that's not 50% completion with 72 yards— uh, and, and going with the same game plan, uh, heavy dose to Derrick Henry. I mean, if you can keep the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hand by controlling the clock and running the ball, it gives you a shot. It really does. Um, but, I mean, Lamar Jackson is just such a dynamic you know, presence on the field. And then you couple him with uh, Mark Ingram, uh, the second, you know, Ingram, and then. I mean, Baltimore, Greg Roman and Baltimore just have this this momentum on offense. You know, they they're, they know the scheme. They're very comfortable with it. You know, and I, as much as I want to really just pull for the Titans just because they, they knocked the Patriots out, um, and I don't think Baltimore's seen a running back quite like Derrick Henry at all this season. Um, I, I just think that Lamar Jackson is an X factor that Tennessee's defense and their defensive coordinator, Dan Pease, I don't think they're really prepped for that. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go with Tennessee. Um, no, <laughs> he took a hard turn. I, I just, in the I, middle of that. I like the fact that it, Tennessee can control the clock and sit on that ball, uh, and, and just let Henry run. Um, but with that being said, if, if Baltimore is able to stifle anything Henry does, you know, that's Baltimore's game. Uh, if, they, if they're able to bottle Henry up, you know, that Tennessee literally has no offense. But I, I'm going to go with Tennessee on it. I mean, fuck it. We're not doing a pick them. Nobody leaves us any, like, hate mail. Hopefully this one will draw some out and, and people just shit on me. So, <laughs> yeah, um, Baltimore's my pick for the Super Bowl. Uh, so I'm going to go Baltimore in this one. I think the Wait a only... minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. I know. Whoa. I know. Hey, hey, I know they're rivals. I know I hate them, but that doesn't mean I can't acknowledge that they're good. No, 
Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Would you do the same for Michigan, sir? No, but that's different. Uh... It's not. Oh, no. I'm calling bullshit on this. Baltimore is literally the old Browns. Baltimore is the old Browns that have won Super Bowls. Where the Browns, Browns, have never even fucking sniffed. So, (laughs) And that, lady and gentlemen, is literally like both of my and Max heads just exploding at the same time. Oh, yeah. That's what it sounds like. You're doing some mental gymnastics. Like, you're doing some... That's some Simone Biles shit right there. Oh, yeah, dude. Like... I, w- I will say for Tennessee to win this game, the um, the the Ravens team that played the first game against the Browns would have to show up where Chubb put up 165 yards and three touchdowns. Derrick Henry would have to have a game like that or what he had against the Patriots for uh, Tennessee to stand a chance. Yeah. And I just don't see it. This is a completely different Ravens team than played back in, I think it was week four or something like that. Uh, so I got the Ravens. You're gross, bro. Wow. <laughs> uh, on Sunday, we get Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs hosting Deshaun Watson and the Texans in the battle of really exciting quarterbacks. Uh, the Texans handled the Bills last week in overtime, but Watson was sacked seven times. Kansas City doesn't have the same level of defense as Buffalo, but they're still a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, according to Yahoo. Uh, Mac, I'll give you this one. I nine and a half points, really? Nine and a half. I can't okay. believe we're even talking about Buffalo. Like that's for me, that's just well, I mean, that's well Buffalo just, went home last week, so yeah, but still, I mean that they made just the, playoffs. the fact that they're even, yeah, this um, like this far in the playoffs is no, they they've they've done a like a they did a great job of tearing down and completely rebuilding, but that's that's who we're not talking about. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm I'm surprised that Kansas City's such a big favorite. Um, I don't think Mahomes is back completely from the knee injury. And, T, uh, you know, J.J. Watt's back. Uh, he was a huge factor in the game last week. <laughs> and Kansas City still doesn't play that great in defense. <laughs> they really don't. Um, you know, and I, I think Watson is going to have the ability to pick apart the defensive secondary. Um, and Carlos Hyde played well. Uh, Duke Johnson did a good job of catching the ball in the backfield. I mean, I just... You know, I like the Texans a lot better than I like Kansas City right now. Um, just honestly, because their defense, even without Watt, is still a good defense. And then you inject J.J. Watt back in there, and it's just like, you, you, I mean, he spent, he was on uh, injured, injured reserve for, what, 10 weeks, 11 weeks, and he was a wrecking ball last week. Like, he, he did J.J. Watt shit. Um, so, you know what, I'm going to go with Houston on this one. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson... Big game quarterback. Uh, I, I just think defensively they're better um, overall. So let's go Texans. Woo! <laughs> I'm just going to go with the same reason I've gone with all season. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to go for the Chiefs for my stepdad. It's for Pop. So family ties, you know? That's right. So go Chiefs. Yeah. Um. On this one, the Chiefs have been a heavy favorite to go, I mean, all the way uh, until Baltimore stepped up. and But I just think Deshaun Watson is going to be 
lights out this this week. Um, and it's worth noting that, I mean, the Texans won this matchup early in the season, 31-24. Uh, and that was before Patrick Mahomes was injured. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm going to go Houston on this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we can anybody can dispute Patrick Mahomes' ability, but you still have to stop the other team from scoring. And Kansas, yep. it's something Kansas City hasn't done well the last three years. Um, you know, so I just... And it's worth noting that in that matchup earlier, Deshaun Watson didn't take a single sack. Well, I mean, hey, maybe maybe the fucking Texans can get their shit together and keep Watson off his back this weekend. Uh, <laughs> our final matchup, the Seahawks travel to the frozen tundra of Green Bay to take on the Packers on Sunday evening. Uh, temperatures will be in the low 20s at Lambeau, and the Packers are just a four-point favorite, meaning it's it's the smallest spread of division weekend. Um, so this could be the most interesting game. Heather, who do you like here? Um, Green Bay. I like Green Bay because they're going to be at home. Um, and then also, too, because I just don't like Seattle at all. I love the city. <laughs> love the city, but I... Hate the fans and I hate the team. So go, Pat, go. Mac. Go, Mac, go. Yeah, I, I think both quarterbacks you have on a on a kind of an even playing field. And Green Bay's offense has only been uh, more dynamic uh, since I can't remember his name for the life of me. But the the running back they have, I think his last name's Jones. Um, mm. Since he kind of stepped up and took over that like running back one role. Yeah, Adam or Aaron Jones. Yeah, something, something like, that. like that. Yeah, but I, he he's really he's shown he he's a perfect fit for that offense. Aaron, Aaron, thank you. Um, but uh, I mean, when you get what I what I've been pleasantly surprised about uh, since I heard old Beast Mode was coming back, um, who hasn't played in what like fifteen sixteen months? Um, Did you see that touchdown he scored? Yes. He's still he got stood up at the four yard line and still got in. Yeah, I mean he's he's still beast mode, um, which I think uh, what and with when you get down to it in the last couple of years, Seattle's ridden undrafted free agent running backs like Chris Carson. Um, oh God, I can't remember the other guy. And then they've had first round picks like Rashard Penny who have done like they've been okay, they've been good but not enough to really keep the heat off of Wilson. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you right now, um, if, if there's an MVP, like a surefire MVP candidate, it's Lamar Jackson. But if there's two, it's Jackson and Russell Wilson. Um, Wilson, just what he's able to do uh, behind an offensive line that's much better than it has been in years past. Um, but it's still not what you would like in front of a franchise quarterback. <laughs> um you know, and then, but I'll tell you right now, uh, Seattle's wide receivers uh, for a group of dudes that you wouldn't be able to pick out of a lineup. Um, they they've played their asses off the last couple of years, uh, but uh, I, I like Beast Mode being like this big X factor. So I'm gonna go ahead and say Seattle. Um, I think this will be a close game. Uh, I'm probably not gonna hit on any of my picks this weekend, but I'm just in the mood to be an asshole right now because I'm. <laughs> I'm like six yinglings in, so. (laughs) I'm actually going to agree with Mac. Um, I'm going to stick with the, 
uh, changing of the guard that seems to be the pl- theme of this year's playoffs already. Uh, yeah. Br- Breeze and Brady are gone. Let's roll in the new guys. And uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is the next to fall. Um, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Uh, Russell Wilson has just been playing really good ball. And in any other any other year, it would have been good enough for a one or two seed and not behind San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Russell Wilson has been like that guy to kind of will his team mm-hmm. to wins. Um in the way that Aaron Rodgers used to, but he's not that guy anymore. Uh, I mean, they they were eleven and five this year. Yeah, but you know what? It, I, I I liked how Aaron Rodgers. There were some growing pains with the system early on, but he, like like I said, once they got Aaron Jones involved, like you could tell the ball got rolling. But I mean, I just I think Russell Wilson is at this point is playing better football than Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah. So. And I and I think this is going to be a close one. Um. Because that's how Seattle plays. Seattle plays close football. Yep. Uh, if, you, if you look at their records this year, most of them were a touchdown or less. Uh, either way. So I've got the Seahawks. Um, but let's round out tonight's evening by talking about some of the coaching moves because there have been some big ones this week. Uh, oh, yeah. Er- earlier this week, Baylor head coach Matt Rule signed a seven-year, $63 million contract to become the new head coach of the Panthers in a move that could redefine stability that coaches are given. Um, because when was the last time you saw a coach signed to seven years? Uh, yeah, I mean, I get that, but still, um, it would just be like Cleveland's done for the past 10 years, negotiate buyouts, continue to pay that head coach to not work. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. What does this mean for the rest of the league, though? Well, I mean... Because he is now the sixth highest paid coach in the league. Yeah, which kills me. Um, I have nothing against Matt Rule, and he's he's done some miraculous jobs with some bad college teams. But, I mean, this is, this is the NFL where, you know, if a coach tells a player in college to jump, college player will say, how high, coach? And right. Yeah, pros. and we've and we've we've said that too, like before, yeah. about how um, college coaching doesn't necessarily always translate to NFL coaching. It rarely, mm-hmm. if ever, translates. Exactly. I mean, Seattle's about the only exception that I can think of. Well, and the thing is, you can't even say that that uh, Carroll is a college coach. He coached New England for four years, and, and then went to USC. Yeah, and then, it, yeah. and then you know, in the Jets before that. Yeah. Before he even went to Southern Cal, so. Um, but I mean, I, I don't understand the length of the deal uh, or the money. But I mean, w- for Carolina, you, you had what eight years on a riverboat run. Um, you knew what you were getting. I, I think with them bringing in Matt Rule, though, I think this means Cam's done. Um, mm-hmm. I was yeah. just about to ask, what is this going to mean for Cam? Yeah, I just I don't see Matt Rule's not one of those system guys. Um, like he he played a more running based game in Temple, but when he took the Baylor job, you know, he had the athletes on the outside and the quarterback to kind of open up the offense a little bit more. And, you know, um, so, I mean, he, you could tell he, he's, he's built systems around players he has at the time. All right. You've got, you've got Christian McCaffrey, arguably uh, the most versatile running back in the NFL. Like I, me personally, I think he is, there's no better running back in the NFL than Christian McCaffrey. Uh, because he's what he's able to do in the passing game. Um, your offensive line still needs a lot of work. A lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you need to you oh my god these motherfuckers the panthers really need to start like hitting on some of those wide receiver draft picks <laughs> funches was a fucking bust all right uh dj moore i mean okay there he's shown flashes but i mean you can't just keep when you've got a guy like McCaffrey, you're being like Cam. What the fuck are you guys doing? Um, you know, I love Greg Olson. I think he's a good dude and he's a good tight end. He should never be your number one fucking option in an offense, though. You know, like that that shouldn't be your number one option, and that's what he's been for Cam. Uh, you know, for the last three or four years. Okay, and then when you look at QB wise, what do you have? You've got a third round pick and Will Greer. Yeah, so who who do, who's starting, Greer or Allen? Well, dude, I honestly I, I can see Carolina going out and looking at some free agents or waiting until after OTA start to see who gets cut. Um, I, I think with a third round pick uh, with Greer, you, you you owe it to yourself to see what you have in him. Mm-hmm. Um, Allen, I think we Allen we we know what we have in Allen. He's a quantity where we know you can get two or three good games out of him, but you don't want him to be your starter. Right. You know, like he's a he's a Ryan Fitzpatrick, but forty eight years younger, and <laughs> with a worse beard game. You know, like he he's going to be good in stretches. You know, for like two games, three games, but you don't need him to be a full time starter. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but Kyle Allen is not a. It's not a. He's not a franchise quarterback. You know, he he's not a guy you build around. Um, you know, so I think if Rule is smart. He brings in a really good quarterback coach to work with those guys, especially Greer. I mean, you burned a third rounder on him, you know, coach him up, see what you get. Um, and then if you don't sign a name in the off season or, or going into next season, uh, you know, start with Greer and see what you got. Yeah. You know, other coaching moves include uh, Riverboat Ron going to Washington, uh, the Giants hiring Patriots wide receiver coach Joe Judge. First off, he keep in mind he's a special teams coach. He's only been the wide receiver coach this year, and he should not be hired on that because our wide receivers sucked. Right, whole- that move doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me. Like we we just saw what happens when you take a positional coach and thrust him into a uh, a head coaching position in what, Cleveland. He- he wasn't a positional coach. He's run special teams in New England for four years. Um, but he's a Mississippi State grad, and that's who they were eyeing to take the job in, in Starksville. Mm. Um, but, I mean, and the thing is, Judge is, like, he's been bandied about as, as a guy that could potentially be, you know, a head man. Uh, he's super young. Uh, but, you know, they're looking at the next, like, the whole thing was John Harbaugh was never a positional coach. You know, he was always a special teams coach. Yeah. And I, I think Baltimore's pretty happy with what they have. <laughs> um, you know, at least one Harbaugh's doing well. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, I was surprised at that. Um, but I mean, it's the fucking Giants. You've got a really young team. Why not? You know, like it, you, you, you have nowhere to go but up for the Giants right now, <laughs> you know, um, and let's face it, the Giants are going to trend up no matter what, because Adam Gase for the Jets should not have a fucking job ever. Um, and yep, he, and uh, he's been declared safe for the year. Yeah. Which fucking kills me. He's an awful coach, an awful GM, whatever the fuck. Okay. Um, but I mean, I like the river Ron hiring in Washington though. 
Like this mm-hmm. is a stable hire. You know what you're going to get with Riverboat Ron. What I'm interested to see though, okay, is if he brings Norv Turner with him back to Washington. Mm. Uh, you know where Norv was a headman for a little bit, right? Um, because I thought that Norv Turner did a great job of changing his offensive uh, philosophy completely, uh, trying to work in Christian McCaffrey into the system. Mm-hmm. And I thought he's done an amazing job with that. And I can only imagine, can you imagine a Norv Turner pass first system with Dwayne Haskins? Yeah. I mean, we saw what he did in college. Yeah. You know, uh, so I think that's a good one. Um, you know, I, when you get down to it, I think the loser in all this is going to be Josh McDaniels, uh, because I don't think he takes the Cleveland job. I don't think he, he ends up being a finalist for it. You don't? Uh, think, no, no. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of people postulating that the Browns will offer him the job if Stefanski from, um, Minnesota like literally leaves the Minnesota Vikings who are in the playoffs right now to right. take to take the same job in Cleveland under Josh McDaniels. Like, fuck you. That's not even a lateral move. That's a demotion mm. because you know, damn well, McDaniels will call his own plays. You yeah. know, um, I mean, I, I would like to see Cleveland take Soleil from San Francisco, the defensive mm. coordinator. Uh, Every, everything I've heard is that uh, McDaniels is the favorite for Cleveland. Uh, he's very high on Baker Mayfield, uh, and he's a hometown guy. Like that's his hometown team. Yeah, but when, I've heard a lot of people saying it's going to be McDaniel's, and that's who I want. Yeah, and that, that that'd be fucking awful. You realize that because McDaniel's wore both hats in Denver and ran that team into the fucking ground, and with Haslam like doing the complete fucking idiot move and hiring my head coach so they can have an input into who the general manager is going to be. That's like, dude, no, that's like hiring a fucking staff sergeant and then letting him pick the fucking platoon sergeant that he's going to be working for. <laughs> it's literally the dumbest shit I've ever heard of. Um, but I can see if you hire McDaniels, I could see him pushing to be the general manager as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just, I think McDaniel's has shown he is not a good evaluator talent. Um, in that, to, to put him in that position to try and like be Bill Belichick Jr., bro, you're not Belichick. You're not, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I just, I don't know. I, I, I like Robert Saleh a lot. I, and I think mm. if, you're, if, if you've got a complete, like you, you're wiping the slate clean for Cleveland this year, take Saleh, and then you let Saleh go out and offer a big man like maybe Stefanski. All right, from Minnesota, the opportunity, you pay him fucking money to come yeah. down to Cleveland and coach Baker and Nick Chubb and Odell Beckham and Landry, you know, and all these yeah. young guys. And then you have Soleil's not going to argue for personnel control. So then you hire a good general manager who's going to build you a good scouting system who can then go ahead and draft the offensive lineman you need to make sure Baker's not running around like an idiot. I swear, uh, if our first three picks aren't offensive linemen, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the final coaching move, uh, the Cowboys finally announced that they're parting ways with Jason Garrett, and the next day they hired Mike McCarthy. Um, I know in our group chat I said the little thing because before McCarthy even popped up on the Cowboys radar, they were talking about Marvin Lewis, the ultimate <laughs> picture of mediocrity. Yeah, 
you know, so, I mean, I get it. You know, McCarthy has done a pretty good job, uh, you know, won a Super Bowl. I mean, I hopefully he, he sat down and realized that his offensive philosophy doesn't work anymore and that he's adapted and changed. Uh, because and he's going to have the weapons to play with. Well, I mean, he's going to have Dak and he's going to have, because I know the, you know, the Cowboys are going to pay Dak. Uh, yep. They will pay him. Uh, Zeke's already there. Um, but Cooper, I, I think, may... He's a free agent. And he's going to command $19, $20, 21000000 million a season. Uh, and the thing is, is the salary cap's going up by like $12 million this year. So everybody's going to have a little bit more money. But do you really want to stress the cap room you have to drop 60 something million dollars a year on two players? Right. You know, that, like that doesn't, I don't know, man. And especially how Cooper kind of just disappeared down the stretch. Um, I mean, I think if Jerry Jones is smart, he brings Cooper back because we all know that Jason Garrett just obviously had no fucking clue as to what he was really doing. <laughs> um, 10 years. Yeah. You know, so, uh, I don't know, man. I, I guess we'll see. Uh, I mean, I, I think McCarthy is one of those safe hires, you know? Yeah, but what's that going to get you in the end? <laughs> I'll tell you right now, Mike McCarthy's safe is better than Jason Garrett's safe. Well, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But that'll wrap things up for us on tonight's episode. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave us a review on iTunes. We will read them, good or bad. Uh, also, get in the conversation on Facebook with the Hometown Crowd Podcast group at facebook.com slash group slash Hometown Crowd Pod. I've been having a lot of fun in there, uh, going back and forth with some of the guys. Uh, I know you guys have had, uh, you guys have gotten in there on some of it. It's, yes. it's been fun. I've gotten in there against my better wishes uh, <laughs> because I don't mind our little interactions, our, our group thing on Facebook uh, for the podcast, but then I, talk to other people and I realized just how much I hate the entire platform. So (laughs) thank you. You know what? Thank you for your service, Mac. Thank you. You know what? I fall on these grenades for you, Heather. You know what? You're the best. You're the best. You really the MVP of this. Really? I just mindlessly scroll Facebook most of the time, but I'm mostly participating in stuff in the group. Um, But follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd. For Mac and Heather, I'm Tim. Thanks for cheering with the Hometown Crowd. Later, guys. And remember to turn your lights on and hazards off when you're driving in the rain. Bye. (laughs)